0: This is episode number 34 of The Inspiring Talk with Service Sussi. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I am host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Hello guys, welcome to another amazing conversation on The Inspiring Talk Podcast. I am super pumped for my guest Sarvesh Sasi. Sarvesh is the founder of Jorba, which is the finest yoga and wellness studio with over 100 centers in India and outside. Service is branded as India's youngest CEO in the yoga and wellness sector by Bloomberg. He denied to take over millions of dollars business of his dad and went on to become modern yogi and start his own business on his newly found passion in yoga. At the age of 17, he started his company Jorba with 5 lakhs that he borrowed from his uncle and that company today is valued at over 100 crores. He is also a TEDx speaker, Inc. fellow and has been featured in many national media for his innovation in presenting yoga to new generation in the way they love it such as basketball yoga, water boat yoga, brick yoga, aerial yoga and so on. His story is worth listening to as he shares about finding his passion and becoming yogi, building company of his own, getting his hands dirty to keep the business going and much more. Guys, make sure that you share this episode with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3434 that is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3434. Now, before I introduce you to service, I would like to give a shout out to my friends at The Musafir Stories, India Travel Podcast. Safe and Faiza host a bi-weekly travel podcast where they talk to fellow travelers and discuss destination, itineraries, people, food, culture and all things travel. You can listen to them by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Savan or any other podcast app. Guys, if this is your first time listening to this show, make sure that you subscribe to the Inspiring Talk podcast on your podcast app so that you won't miss upcoming great interviews with successful and inspiring personalities every week. Now, without further ado, let me welcome D1. And only service Sasi.
1: Service Sasi joins me today for this episode of the Inspiring Talk Podcast. Service, welcome to the show. Hi, thank
2: you very much for having me on the show, Bijay. I'm humbled and honored that you've chosen me for this particular episode of the Inspiring Talk. Firstly, I'd like to congratulate you for doing what you are doing because I think it's really good. Very few people out there like to hear stories of other people and make that as their passion itself. So
1: congrats to you for that. Thank you so much for saying that. And it's an absolute honor in having you here. Thank you very much, Vijay. So service. I came to know about you and your work a couple of months back through your Ink talk, which I absolutely fell in love okay. with. I and I wanted to have you on the show since then because you have a lot to share out to the world, and your innovation in different forms of yoga is absolutely commendable. So, a service you define your life in two phases, right? Before and after the age of 17. I want to start this conversation from your childhood. Would you please talk about your family background and your childhood, or how was your childhood like?
2: So I I come from a very strong entrepreneurial background in terms of my family. My father is, however, a first-generation entrepreneur. He's not inherited anything from his father, which is my grandfather, etc. But he's built everything from scratch. He came to Chennai with absolutely nothing in hand. And from there, he's what he is today. We run over 15 to 18 businesses in different verticals. And we're a large group by ourselves. So after, I I mean, I was an active cricketer. I've played some decent level of cricket back in my part of the world, which is Tamil Nadu. And uh, like you just said, I describe myself as two different phases in my life, which is before 17 and after 17. Before 17 is when I was a pampered kid. I think I would describe myself having three, three A's which is uh, anger, attitude, and arrogance. Because obviously I was born with a fairly silver spoon and invariably, whether it was conscious or not, I did have all these three A's in me. It's not something that I regret, but it's not something that I'm proud of either. So that's how my life started. You know, school, cricket, cricket, cricket was all that I was doing. And then after 12th Santa, just for namesake, I joined a college back in Chennai. And then 17 is when my dad got into yoga with this man who later on went on to become my guru. Uh, Guru as in he's no godman, but Mm -hmm. he's changed my life. So guru in actual terms mean someone who takes you from darkness to light. So he's somebody who's taken me from darkness to light. So I name him as, I call him Guruji. So 17, you know, when typically when you have... You see somebody with long hair, long beard, orange clothes. You you think that that person is going to tell, hey, listen, I'll bless you, my child. I'll make a Mm -hmm. halo show around your head and all of that. But my dad couldn't complete the class. And he said, Sarvesh, I've paid quite a bit for it. Could you complete it? I said, okay, I'll just finish it. Mm -hmm. So the first couple of sessions itself, uh, my Guruji, I was very intrigued. That is, I was very excited to know about what consciousness was, what enlightenment enlightenment was, what third eye opening was, and all of that. So when I asked my Guruji all of this, my Guruji had one reply. He said, Sarvesh, if you ever thought I can enlighten you, you are a fool and I'm a bigger fool. That kind of really shook me. I'm like, oh my God, actually, this mm-hmm. person is being really honest with me. So I think it's, uh, you know, I should continue this. I went to my dad and I said... Dad, I really like him. Can I continue mm-hmm. this class? He said, of course, Aresh, is a very good thing. You should continue. So from the age of six, I've been doing a lot of yoga. But then from 17 is when the whole mental aspect of yoga started. And that's how I started my yoga class when I was 17.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing that I wanted to ask you that you just made me clear is the guy who got sports car as a gift in ninth standard I was like wondering how the hell in this world would that guy be fascinated with spirituality and yoga? So I wanted to ask you, like, why did you even agree to be on like class of yoga? Right? Because that was the age of, uh, you know, a partying and all those stuff. And because you had all those fancy things to enjoy with, but yoga was not something that, you know, is a teenager would love doing. So as you said, like you had that kind of, culture or maybe you know introduction to yoga at your own home right so uh, how how did that help you or what was that like first moment or first few days on being on that yoga class
2: so see i like like i said if i have to be honest nothing stopped not nothing ever really made me stop doing anything that is nothing ever stopped made me stop going out for a party stop going out for a dance Uh, stop going hanging around with friends nothing it was just a small difference that I was I was trying to become more aware of what I was doing in terms of what do you say like if, if I was going out for a party if I was going out to meet friends if I was going I was just being aware I'm like okay I'm trying to know what I'm doing and it's not happening unconsciously. So yes, what you're saying is true. I was gifted a sports car. I was gifted a car and all of that. I did have a, 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 what do you say? A lot of other facilities that I could have ideally uh, taken a different path, but I think I believe a lot in energy and karma. And I think something karma has brought me into this space so the intriguing of wanting to know what enlightenment, what enlightenment was wanting to know what third eye was, all of that is where it all began. And I think my Guruji was mm-hmm. the main factor because he never preached. He said, Hey, listen, I can't tell you I'm a swimming coach. I can only tell you that, uh, I can only tell you, you have to go from this place to this place. That is, I can only tell you that, Hey, i have I have gone swimming till here and it's shallow here, deep here. Do you want to take it up? You know, he used to tell mm-hmm. me very practically. He never used to say, he never used to force things upon me. And he always said, Sarvesh, you are your own light. You ha- you do not depend on anybody, including me. Ensure that you never depend on me also in life mm-hmm. because you have to find the answer yourself. You have to, uh, you have to. Uh, what do you say? They, they he said he says you always says something in Hindi. Uh, you have to uh, dig yourself, you have to search yourself. So that mm-hmm. was very interesting for me and I didn't stop doing anything. So there's a proverb ki ek yogi hi pura bogy. Here the meaning bogi is not mm-hmm. it's not about <laughs> materialistic or whatever. It's about Even materialism for that matter. I never went away from materialism. I never went away from going to a club or a party. Mm -hmm. It's just that I used to go there. I used to dance. Yes, I never Mm -hmm. drank. Still don't drink. Nothing. But uh, I used to enjoy it more. I used to like, you know, this is my... uh, Today, the problem with the world is... Or rather, I think the problem is you're either dwelling in your past. You're either thinking too much about your past. Or you're worrying about your future. And you're forgetting the present in that whole moment. It's easier said than done. They say Rome was not built in a day, but at the end of the day, Rome was built. And things that have been told have been done by one or the other. So I've been fortunate enough to be in this path as well as use it in my practical and day-to-day life.
1: So when you were taking this class, yoga class, uh, and as you already said that you didn't stop after even after taking this class. So how long was that yoga class that you have taken and what happened after that and what kind of path or kind of assignments or tasks that your Guruji has assigned to you?
2: So uh, my Guruji used to give me a lot of sadhanas, you know, so he started off with very small sadhanas that were 11 days. So I, I used to do 11-day sadhana of something called the Tratak, where I need to focus on a particular point for my concentration. Then I did something with the mirror Tratak. I did something with the candle. I did something with my physical self and all of that. Then the highest number of days that he had given me a sadhana was for 40 days. Okay. And I used to do it. I used to like it. There used to be a lot of change in me in all means, physically, mentally, emotionally spiritually etc etc and a lot of things that i wanted to happen started happening automatically my life started changing and then one final day, he said sarvesh i'm going to give you five precepts do you dare to do it so i said uh, of course yes guruji why not he said but tumko karna hai? i said 100 ah, i'll do it so he said okay five precepts goes like this the first one is no intoxication that is no no alcohol no smoking uh, nothing no uh, non veg and no other form of intoxication in all means it was obviously alcohol smoking drugs etc etc and no non veg also so I said great okay done uh, second thing was no lying I can't even white lie so if I'm late because I overslept I have to tell you I'm late because I overslept then uh, third one was non-violence non-violence in all means that is I can't even kill a mosquito so I don't even remember the last time I killed a mosquito so fourth one was no mental and physical stealing that is uh, physical stealing is obviously physically you're stealing mental stealing is more on the lines of jealousy oh Vijay has this I want this Mobi sochna hai okay Fifth one was celibacy. Uh, then I'm sure you know what celibacy means. So fifth one was celibacy. So I was like, Oh, okay, Guruji, 40 mm-hmm. days, we we'll do it. He said, no service, seven years. Okay. <laughs> I said, seven years? Are you serious, Guruji? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, seven years. You just said you can do it. So, In that five things, I hadn't done anything of that five except for non-witch. And I used to white lie. I never lied a lot because my dad Mm -hmm. always made it a point that I never lied. And if I lied even smallest, I used to get beaten up literally with the belt and stuff. (laughs) So, uh, you know, those two, I said, okay, I stopped. So I said, Guruji, not from tonight. I'm going to do it from tomorrow. I went that night, hobbed. All the chicken in the world possible. From then onwards, uh, I started the sadhana. And as I speak to you, I'm still continuing the same.
1: Mm, that's awesome. So how would you remain on track when thoughts of like going back to your lifestyle started coming to your mind? Or are there any any instances that you uh, can recall?
2: yeah yeah i have gone off track i do uh, i must agree that i have gone off track because my guruji went off for his sadhana for 2 years so there was nobody really to you know guide me talk to me on a regular basis because otherwise i used i used to see him at least four times a week okay so i did go off track but then i was fortunate enough he came back and then i did a lot more difficult things than that i was doing earlier and that kind of bought me back now i think I am in a good phase. Nineteen year. When I was nineteen, I went for my vipassana. I think I was the youngest person in that vipassana at that particular point. I'm sure there are younger people who've gone for vipassana, but that that particular session of that ten days, I was the youngest person. I think vipassana has been a great experience as well. Vipassana is you need to be mount Vrat for ten days. You know, it's it's a brilliant form of meditation, and the best part was I did the same ten days of mount Vrat from in Vipassana from home, and I did it for 40 days. And believe me, that was the best 40 days of my life, and probably the most difficult as well. Because it's easy to be Maunvrat when nobody's talking mm-hmm. in Vipassana, but at the 40 days I was at home and I wasn't supposed to use my phone, no TV, no music, no talking to parents, just eating and playing cricket. That's it. And while playing cricket, I can talk about, I can talk about, mm-hmm. you know, I can appeal if. I'm bowling and, you know, I can talk cricket stuff and all of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, what was your ritual like for those 40 days, uh, like just playing cricket and eating and uh, doing sadhana?
2: Yeah. Morning, 6 to 10, I used to play cricket, come back, my breakfast. I used to meditate for about four to six hours a day, go back in the evening again, go play three, four hours of cricket, come back, sleep. That's it. Eat and sleep. So this was all my routine, those 40 days.
1: Is there any logic behind doing it for 40 days? Why not 20 days or maybe 60 days? Like the reason I'm asking this is uh, like people say you have to do this for 21 days or 66 days to form a kind of habit. right? Habit. So,
2: so that same habit is what I think my Guruji felt was 40 days.
1: Okay, so it was basically the same thing that it takes around 40 days to form a kind of habit, right?
2: Pattern, habit, yes.
1: So what was the most important realization that came to you or best thing that you have learned in those 40 days?
2: I think there are a lot of unwanted stuff that I was doing, which I didn't do in that 40 days. And I think uh, and after that 40 days, I haven't been doing all of that. So I think the, the most important realization is that I have been wasting a lot of energy and time and doing a lot of other things that is not adding any value to my day-to-day life and to my goal and to what I want to achieve. So I think I stopped kind of doing a lot of things that I didn't do in that 40 days. Because when you, what do you say, when you do something and when you don't do the same thing and when you realize that not doing it will really help you and for the better, you don't want to do it, right? It's like Mm -hmm. always people who drink, for example, when they have their hangover the next day, The first dialogue is, today's the last day I'm going to drink. I'm never going to drink again. I can't, I don't like this feeling of being hungover. But then I think the very same day, they all start drinking again.
0: Hmm.
2: See, again, the thing is, right, Vijay, it's not about drinking or smoking or anything at all. It's purely about whether they're conscious while doing it. It's very important that they need to be conscious. So when we had a small thing, When we started our company saying that, we we asked people, do they drink? They said yes. Then we asked them, why do they drink? They said, no, Monday to Friday, we have a very tough week. And Friday and Saturday to relax, we drink. I said, why can't you relax all five days? Then they'll be like, no, 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 that'll spoil our health. We uh, Alcohol, you know, it kind of uh, doesn't suit our body if we drink it so often and all of that. I said, great, so you you are aware of it if you think so, then good for you. And then we move on. So we made it a very clear point or rather I made it a very clear point. I do tell people that I am the closest to as to I probably will tell them that very strongly to do some things. But otherwise the others, you know, it always sounds as preaching. So opinions are given, suggestions are given, but at the end of the day, it's their own life. They are their own master. They have to follow what they think is best for them
1: it's all your choice at the end, right? Nobody can force on you what kind of habit or what kind of path that you want to take because at the end, it's your choice, it's your life, what you want to do with that. Um, I love that, yeah. Uh, service, what happened after that? Like uh, you have completed those 40 days, sadnas and all the other all different tasks that... Uh, your guruji has assigned to you and what happened after that or uh, i'm i'm indicating uh, you to talk about jorba how did this happen
2: so i think after i started playing cricket when i was 21 years old it, i think my dad felt it was high time that i uh, get into his business hmm. so my dad said sarvesh i think you have to start getting into my business now i went to the office for one month but i think i returned back every day literally with a headache and i said This is not my cup of tea. I don't think I'm really enjoying what you're doing, dad. So the best reason I could give him for not getting into his business was start my own. So I said, I don't need any kind of help from you. I just need emotional support from you and my entire family. And I would need uh, a a real estate that you own. I would like to take it without rent. A small go down, 1,300 square feet go down that you owned, And I would like to take it for rent. So then 2013, December 1st, uh, before that, I took an unsecured loan from my uncle. I took an unsecured loan from my uncle and uh, I started this company uh, because uh, Guruji also, one day I was swimming. Guruji said, come home. And I went home and he said, Sarvesh, humko ye 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 karna hai. we should do this, this, this. I said, Guruji, for doing all of this, we need a base. I think the best base is to start a yoga studio. And then he's like, what name should we give it? And we were like, Guruji, we are a happy place. We want happiness to be the most important things in people's lives. So what does happy, you know, how can we make a uh, yoga studio's name happy? So we're like, Sarvesh, you know what? Zorba means a person who lives life fully each day. I said, brilliant, Guruji. And that's the name of our company. So that's how it started. So December 1st, 2013, there has been a lot of struggles in terms of making the place, doing it up. We wanted the best people to do it. So we had somebody called padmasri Tota Tarani who did up the space. He was very important and played a crucial role in making the place happen. Uh, my very close friend's mother came called Radhika Kumar. She was a very famous actress. She was kind enough to come and open the place for me. So it was a really big affair back then. 2013, December 1st, we opened our first. 2014, July 10th, we opened our second. To- June 21st, 2015, we opened our third. And then one fine day, my dad was reading Economic Times on the paper and said, Sarvesh, uh, I see Flipkart's valuation is 6,000 crores. Why can't your name come on the uh, Economic Times like this with a valuation? So that got me really, I'm like, hello. Uh, Of course, there is no such thing in this world that a human can't do. Mm -hmm. So I went out for, I, I, I was like, I'm also wanting to evaluate my company now. I went out to people asking people to evaluate my company. But then mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who I went to were charging me more than what it would cost for me to set up my own nano studio. So I said, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have that much money to give out there. And then one day I was uh, in a place called Donut House in Chennai. And I was having Donut and I knew the owner of the shop. He and he had some six outlets. So I was like, hey, listen, why have you not gone for a funding? And then the other guy was like, no, we did ask for a funding. But then the fund rejected us. I said, why did they reject you? He said, no, we asked for less funds. I said, what? A company rejects you because you ask for less funds? He was like, yeah, Sarvej, there are fund managements that uh, focus only on these kind of ticket size funds. So they don't give you less than that. So I said, who evaluated your company? And then he introduced me to a guy called Vignesh from a company called Dandeker Capital. And uh, Vignesh Anna, now he's, I call him Vignesh Anna, so he came over to my office, we spoke, we initi- We immediately hit it off. We became, you know, we had this synergy between us. In two days, he took me to Talvakar's, mm-hmm. he introduced me to them in terms of on phone, uh, he introduced Zorba to them basically. And then he called me the very next day and told me that uh, Sarvesh, I think Talvakar's are very interested in this whole thing. They're going to be coming next week to come and see you. So I said, uh, great, I'm happy to see them. And then uh, Mr. Harsha Bhatkal of Talwakas came to Chennai. What was supposed to be a five-minute meeting turned out to become a three-hour meeting. And it went on very well. And then I was initially very skeptical because they were saying, you have to start 50 studios, 100 studios and all of that. I said, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do it? Uh, I only run three studios right now. What am I going to do, etc., etc.?" et cetera. And then my father was like, Sarvesh, I think it's, the best opportunity for you and it uh, opportunity will not not knock the door twice uh, i think you should go ahead with it i said okay and i went to vigneshana and told him that i'm interested in this and the very same year 2015 uh, uh, in december they kind of confirmed the deal 2016 january 14th we signed the agreement jan 15th or jan 16th my name came in the same economic times in that paper I took that paper and told my dad, dad, here you go. I think my name is covered. Wow. If not for the Flipkart valuation, but yes, my name is come in the paper for a valuation. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, service, as you are sharing this story, it all sounds very, very simple and it sounds very easy, right? But I'm pretty sure it was not that easy. Right. What I'm trying to refer is the worst moment of a business having negative bank balance, getting uh, only two registration in two months, and things were not turning up as you planned. Right. So, what was it that kept you going?
2: I think uh, what happened was the 90, the 21 year old in me kind of hit it. I became egoistic because I, uh, what do you call, in four months we kind of broke even, and I said, "Oh, that's damn good," and uh, I left to. Udaipur. So in Udaipur, there's his, there's the prince of Udaipur called Lakshadar Singh Mewar. So I think uh, Mr. Laksharat Singh Mewar has really groomed me as a person and he's played a very important part in my life for me being the person who I am. And uh, I, I had a small tiff with my dad when I was in Udaipur. He asked me to come back. I said, I'm not going to come back ever. And then he's like, who's going to be taking care of Zorba? I said, Zorba will run on its own and all of that stuff. That's when Me not coming to Chennai in that two months, we had like two registrations and Zorba hit a very bad snag where uh, we hit a a minus balance. We hit a negative balance. I really didn't have... If that month we hadn't done sales, uh, I wouldn't have had money to pay any salaries at all. So I, I remember March 3rd, I could pay February salaries, but then March, literally in between, we had no money at all. So I came back from... Not March, sorry, July. I came back from Udaipur I really worked as hard as I could. And I mean, July month, we did really well. And we, yeah, from then on, it's been a great journey. From then on is when the other stuff that's happened.
1: One thing that I'm fascinated with is your idea of presenting something there has always been in a way uh, more people would love doing, right? And I think that's when things started picking up for Zorba. Would you like to add something on that? Like, Yoga has always been there, right? But you have only packaged it in a way that more people would love that by giving a different label to the yoga that you were offering.
2: Yeah, I think the most important thing, uh, Vijay, was... I started yoga when I was 17. So I wanted to spread this message to the youngsters. So in India, there are more than 500 million people under the age group of 30. So my target audience were these people. So if I told a 10-year-old girl or a guy to come and do Hatha yoga, they might not come. So we started 25 different forms of yoga. And these 25 different forms of yoga were started basically to address every age group so our old our youngest member is a two-year-old our oldest member is a 92 year old so that's the kind of age difference we have and all of this is because of the 25 forms of yoga so a lot of people have been against us saying look he's commercializing yoga he's doing that but i don't think there is a problem at all in that i mean people have opinions irrespective of what happens but life needs to go on and i think people are really happy coming to our classes we don't we we don't say we are the best studio we're the best and all of that i think we are just different and we are happy with what we're doing and we are continuously learning with what we're doing and uh, looking forward to learn more as time goes but these 25 forms of yoga have really helped in different kinds of age group people coming
1: true it's pretty interesting to see you doing boat yoga on water on a uh, you know, yeah, uh,
2: paddleboard yoga, uh, board, yeah,
1: paddle boat, yeah, paddle boat yeah, and basketball yoga, pre yoga and all those different kind of names that you have given to it. it's uh, quite interesting for like people to rather than saying like, you know, the traditional name that Correct. was always there. So that's See, but uh, we don't we yeah. don't lose
2: the essence of yoga. Every yoga class, all the twenty-five forms of yoga class end with pranayama, end with meditation, start with chantings. The whole sequence is there. We do vinyasa, we do ashtanga, we do pava, we do hot yoga, we do hatha yoga, we do shivananda. We do a lot of forms of yoga, as other forms of yoga as well. Hmm. But then just to make the whole thing interesting. So we have made it modern without losing the conservative approach to it. So we made it cool. We made it exciting for people to like and do it. So, yeah.
1: What is your suggestion to someone who is looking forward to follow their passion but are afraid or don't have resources or just making excuses?
2: I don't think uh, if, if they have reasons and excuses, their passion is not 100%. I'm sorry if I'm being rude, but then if your passion is 100%, you'll only find reasons and resources to make it happen than for it not to happen. I think my biggest advice is believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. I mean, you've got enough and more stories out there. I think my story will not probably even be, it's a drop of an ocean, but then you have really larger drops, right from your Bill Gates to your KFCs to your, you know, Asim Premjis to anybody, you know, because the larger stories the world knows are right out there. And I think even all of them, they never had any background. They never had any resources. And we know people say, oh, there can only be one company out of 100. I'm trying to say, hey, listen, be, try being that one person, man. Come on. You have to be that one person. You need to get out there, work. Don't think life's easy. It is very hard. It is very harsh. But life goes on. Life happens. Like you said, life happens.
1: Yeah, amazing. So, uh, service, now it's time for the enlightening round. But before we move to enlightening round, I would like to ask you this last question. So, if you have to give advice to 17 years old service. So what would you say if you if you could advise that young guy?
2: I would say instead of advice, what I would probably say is uh love what you're doing, enjoy what you're doing. And yes, I think yoga has been a great, great factor for me for my growth, my, my the reason what why why I am what I am today. Uh for me it is yoga for another person it can be music, but then Give you 100% because water doesn't boil even at 99.9. So whatever you're doing, believe in it. And make sure that it's your passion that you're doing and don't do it because of environmental force. A lot of people say, you know, my uh, we are bound to do it. We are forced to do it. Our family asked us to do it, etc., etc. But I'm like, hey, listen, even my dad asked me to get into his business. But I think I had other choices to do as well. And I was bold enough to make it. A lot of people say he came from a wealthy background. He did that. He did this, but a lot of people come from wealthy backgrounds. I mean, I, I, I saw some, I saw a photo yesterday. Some, some girl or some guy in Punjab who's from a very, very rich family became a gangster. There are other stories too. So it's not about where you come from. It's completely about who you are and what you want to achieve, what you want to do. What is your passion? What makes you happy? So everybody out there must be happy and i think happiness comes beyond anything
1: so service now it's time for the enlightening round so are you excited about the enlightening round
2: absolutely i mean i love the word enlightenment so i am excited about the round too
1: service what inspires you to do everything that you do
2: uh seeing uh, seeing other people happy
1: each one of us have our daily kind of habits that shapes us or that makes us who we are right so which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey
2: i probably name two one is i uh, every day in the morning as soon as i wake up i do my yoga and before going to sleep i do my yoga that really uh, starts my day well and ends my day well
1: service if you were to start this success journey yeah. all over again Right. So what are those three things that you think you wish you could have done differently or maybe, uh, you know, you would have known early or you could have started early? Are there any kind of things like that?
2: I believe a lot in the process, Vijay. It might be a very diplomatic or a philosophical answer, but then I think it is coming from the heart. I don't, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently because I love the way it's going right now. I love the process that's happening. I like what I'm learning. So, definitely no changes would be the best ever that I think, I I personally think for me would have been the best. So, there's no alignment or changes that we could do as such.
1: Okay, service. now I have one more question left for you. But before that, why don't you talk about how can people... Uh, learn more about you and actually get connected with you. And maybe if they want to join Zorba or visit, you know, your studios at one of the locations, how they can do that.
2: Z- Zorba, I think uh, they could. Uh, they're happy to go and check out our website. They will get all information to reach out to me. I'm active on social media uh, for uh, various reasons. I'm active on social media. They could just write to me on social media, emails, etc. And I'm sure, please don't take me wrong, but whenever I find time, I will definitely respond to anybody who writes. I don't know how many of them will write or probably nobody will end up writing, but i will i'm I'm very responsive that way,
1: yeah, and he's super active on his social media, so make sure that you follow him on Instagram and uh, Facebook <laughs> and all all those different places. And then make sure that you check out his website. I have linked all the links of his social media and website and all those stuff on Sonor's page of this episode at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3434. So here's the last question for you, Service. Since you have already given TEDx Talk and Ink Talk, right? So now let us imagine there is this biggest arena that has been you know that has ever been built in the history of the world and there are millions of people sitting on that arena you know every single seat is occupied and those people are passionately and eagerly listening to you and you are there on the stage you have been given one minute of time to share the biggest learning or the lesson that you have learned in your life What would you say to those millions of people listening to you?
2: I would first, for the first 50 seconds of that one minute, I will put on a nice music and I'll make the entire millions and billions of people dance so they will all be happy. And I'll end my 10 seconds by the most, the two most important things that I always say. Love like there is no tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, love again, because in the end, everything we do in life is for a quest for happiness.
1: You are phenomenal, service Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you very much, Vijay. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for everybody who's listening till the end. Thank you very much.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening my conversation with Surveys. If you learned something or got some inspiration from this episode, make sure to share this with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3434. You can access all the resources such as books, links or any other information mentioned in this episode by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 3434. There are some tweetables on that page make sure that you tweet them show us some love and spread the positivity that will only help our community of positive people grow and we can together inspire many more lives you can connect and have conversation with fellow listeners and share your learning by joining the inspiring talk facebook group where listeners come together to share learn and collaborate to finish this guys it should never be about money it is always passion that you should be changing, money and fame are the byproducts of you following your passion. If you are not enjoying what you are doing, it seems empty from inside even though the world might say that you are successful and that's the dangerous place to be at. Make sure that you are following your passion and enjoying the challenges and obstacles that comes along while walking down on that road. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next, now go out there and do something inspiring.